What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we are going to start off talking about um, the divisional round. Of course, you saw some games there. Uh, Gabe, you want to start off with that? Uh, yeah, I think I think we saw we saw some very exciting games on NFL Divisional Weekend. We also saw some very interesting moments. One thing I want to take away specifically from the Browns-Chiefs game is the Cleveland Browns are here to stay in the NFL for the next couple of years. Young team that impressed a lot of fans this season, right? Plenty of their top players are still on rookie contracts. They have a lot of cap space this offseason. I think if they make the right choice and honestly let go of Odell, let him walk, Baker played better without him this season, I think they'll be back next year. I think they played great versus the Chiefs. And I think if that, I think there was a mistargeting call on that play on the sideline that eventually that caused a touchback on that, what I think was a helmet-to-helmet hit. There's no targeting in the NFL. That, you know what I, like, use the term Personal foul, helmet-to-helmet. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I call it targeting because that's what I think it should be. But helmet-to-helmet, I think it was a clear. I don't think, I'm not sure he really hit his helmet. It looked more like his shoulder. I think he hit his helmet, and I think. Um, yeah, I think Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. Um, and I, I think it's a little unfair to say that Baker was better without Odell because before he came, the team just really didn't find his identity, I, their identity. Um, and um, I think when Odell left, um, it, I think it was kind of a coincidence that, you know, a couple years, a couple weeks after Odell left, um, that they started kind of, finding it together but I don't really think that's because of Odell and I think that when Odell comes back it will help him yeah we'll 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 see about that I think if you you just look at the numbers and his stats improve significantly I just don't think that's because of Odell I think the team just found their identity around that point right you can I I see that too I think another thing I want to point out was I think the Packers offense is unstoppable. The Rams schemed the entire week to, to take away the, the deep throw. But Green Bay still can consistently move the ball by pounding it on the ground with a lot of shun, short, quick passes as well. Well, yeah, I think I people, think people it, underestimate that Devontae Adams, people say Devontae Adams is, you know, a huge deep throw. People underestimate that when he first came into the league, he was kind of like a West Coast offense guy. Right. And also, when he first came into the league, he struggled with a lot of drops. He he, he had a lot of drop struggles. Yeah. So I think that's a big reason why his game has improved over the last year. But I think Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon are great running back trio. I don't think they bring back Aaron Jones in the offseason. Really? I think Aaron I, I, No, I think they try to, but I don't think they, they end up well. But they combine for 191 rushing yards on 32 carries. Well, Aaron Rodgers registered half half an expected point per drop back, which is incredible, was so efficient. And they scored on the first five possessions, were 8-11 and 11 on third down, which is not including a kneel down on the game's final play. He had no turnovers or sacks as he was just hit once, which 
without all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Their, their offense is so, so, so good. Yeah, I mean, they have an amazing offense. And the thing about them is, I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Monte, great trio. I mean, they have a little line. Um, Robert Tanyan's playing well. He's kind of been a red zone machine. Um, but their defense, I mean, for the first half of the year, they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, their defense is getting better. It's still not a very good defense. And it's still not a very good defense, and that's why I'll get into it later. That I think the Bucks are going to beat the Packers. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that one later. But I think let's let's look to the Saints Bucks game. I I think the big storyline. There were two big storylines for me here. I think the obvious big storyline was possibly Drew Brees' last ever. Not game possibly. Game. He announced his retirement. No, he still said he's he's contemplating it, but no, I think he'll not. retire. He, he announced he, his retirement. No, he announced to the New Orleans media after the game that he's still thinking about it. But I think he'll retire. Um, but I think the the underlying physical game aspect storyline is the Buccaneers defense stepped up. And they stepped up big. Forced a lot of turnovers. And I think they were the reason – they, they have a real shot at beating the Packers. And as you are saying, that you think they'll beat the Packers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Bucs played a great game. I mean, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. We've seen him run, win sixth ring. I don't think he'll win another ring. But I think the Tampa Bay defense compared to the Green Bay defense it's just they have a great, they have a very good defense, and I don't think they'll be able to pull it out. And I mean, I think it's pretty clear Drew Brees is going to retire before the game. Bleacher Report said he was said he announced his retirement. Fox, uh, Jake, Jake Glazer said it. Yeah, Jay Glazer. Well, yeah, and then I mean, and we saw so many things. I mean, during the game, Drew Brees said to Jameis Winston, "This is your team now." At the end of the game, and we saw him. You know the picture. There, no one will know if you, unless you've been living under the rock. You've seen the picture of him walking into the um, walking into the locker room, then just looking back and looking at the fans, taking one last look before it all before it's all gone. I think it's pretty clear he's retiring. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, right. And you know it's really sad. I'm gonna miss Drew Brees. I grew up watching him play. He's gonna go down as a top ten quarterback in NFL history. Um, I think it's sad that he only won one Super Bowl, um, and it's very sad. And I mean the the Bucks are right now. I think the Bucks are gonna uh, are gonna beat the Packers. I mean the Packers have a better offense. The Packers offense is so good. I just I don't know, man. The Bucks defense is very good, and Tom Brady's been playing well, and Antonio Brown has been playing well. Right, which is so scary to think that he he along with obviously Mike Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is also playing playing well again and i i i really hope he can get back to at least some sort of pro bowl form i think i really liked him before all the controversy and i hope he's changed and 
Yeah, I mean, I hate Antonio Brown, man. I mean, he was a stealer. I saw him killing. I saw us have consistently one of the best defenses in the NFL and still see Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell kill him. And then there's the whole he's a rapist thing. But um, but um, I do not like Antonio Brown. He's been playing well. Now, I want to talk about this. The Ravens lost to the Bills, and you know I'm a huge diehard Ravens fan. I think, call me crazy, say I'm making excuses and being stupid. The wind was a factor. Okay, There's no doubt the wind was a factor, but that doesn't mean you deserve to win the game. I'm not saying that the Bills are a better team than us, but Patrick McCarry had been snapping well all year. And then he goes into Buffalo where the wind is terrible and starts snapping poorly. And I know from experience that it's hard to snap when the wind is strong. And, um, and I mean, Tucker missed two field goals. Tucker, he's the best kicker in NFL history. The first, the first kick he missed was just because he missed it. The second kick he missed, you could tell it was because of the wind. I mean, Tucker said it felt good off of his foot. And, like, you could tell how crazy that ball moved. And even his third kick, the one that he just barely made, um, you could tell it went crazy with the wind. And I, 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 I think the wind played a massive effect in this game. But the reason the Ravens lost this game was their own mistakes. Yeah, we made right? too many mistakes. Right? Like, things – it was it – was, Close first half. It was a 3-3 first half, but it was a close first half still. Things really went sideways for the Ravens during the second half. I mean, open drive to the third quarter. Ravens only had two defenders lined up to stop three receivers in a bunch formation, resulting in a Josh Allen touchdown pass. Yeah. Ravens respond with a 15-play drive that consumed nearly nine minutes of game time when you're losing in an NFL playoff game. Well, that's what the Ravens but, do. That's the play call. No, but on first and goal at the 10-yard line, dropped the shotgun snap, improvised a run that just netted one yard. Two plays later, Jackson misreads the Bills' basic bluff pressure, which morphs into a cover two. Jackson locked onto tight end Mark Andrews, and Taron Johnson was watching him the whole way. Yeah, I and- mean – Took the ball back 101 yards to the house. Lamar threw in the triple co- into the triple coverage with Mark Andrews, and that's the problem with this team. We need more weapons. You saw to the side that Willie Sneed was wide open, and Mark Andrews was triple covered, and we still saw Lamar throw to the triple covered Andrews. Because the fact is, Mark Andrews is the only receiver on this team. I know he's a tight end, but he's a receiver. He's the only receiver on this team that Lamar Jackson trusts. And, like, you see him throwing Tim in triple coverage instead of Willie Sneed wide open. And, like, that just can't happen. We need to get we need to get Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I think the Ravens' top priority this offseason is sign a, a star wide receiver. And we're not going to get that in the draft. We're not going to get that taking Terrace Marshall, okay? We need no, to sign an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay. Right. I think there's a big gap between the obvious top three wide receivers and the yeah. rest of them. Yeah. I don't think the Ravens with the end of the first round draft pick are going to get a wide receiver worth taking. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was unfortunate. I mean, it was a bad loss. Um, and like, it, it just sucks, you know, 
The yeah. snapping wasn't good because of the wind. The O the the thing is the O line didn't play well. Everyone's saying we need to get new alignment. I we don't need to get new alignment. Ronnie Stanley, debatably the best left tackle in football, got hurt in the first couple weeks. When we when he comes back, we'll be able to get him at left tackle, move Orlando Brown to right tackle, and then we'll have Bradley Bozeman, who's maybe the most under who's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. I mean he's he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Ben Powers has had a good year at right guard, but if we want to, we can um get Tyree Phillips there, and then we'll have Makari at center. Like, we have a good O-line. It's just Ronnie Stanley being hurt, the wind with Makari. It's all turning out to hell. Right. I I think my my the saddest thing about this weekend is just Drew Brees. I mean, 19 for 34, 134 yards, a touchdown, and three picks in your last ever game versus a, a rival. I would, I, I would call Drew Brees and Tom Brady a rivalry. But I mean, first few, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer. Spent the last fifteen years of his career with the Saints. Seven division titles, three NFC Championship appearances, a Super Bowl, shattered like nearly every NFL passing record, and became the first player to ever throw for eighty thousand yards in an NFL career this season. Just. Yeah. Just such a good player, and I it's mean, sad to see him go out on a bad game. It's rare you go out in fashion. Usually a quarterback will go out in misery. I mean, the last really star player that I can remember going out in fashion is, well, there's Peyton Manning, but, like, he wasn't good when he did it. That was Right, he, he, he won a Super Bowl, but he was not was the reason they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. The last person that I can remember that was good when they retired and call me biased for saying this, it's not a quarterback, that's Ray Lewis. Like, in to- really the last person you can think of a very good Hall of Famer that went out on a Super Bowl was Ray Lewis, besides Peyton Manning, but they won that of the, because of the um, defense. But going on to this next week, I'll, I'll look at Buccaneers-Packers. Obviously, the Packers are the favorites to win, but I don't know, man. I think the Bucs are going to win this one. I mean, that defense is just so much better than the Packers' D, and I think they'll be able to stop Aaron Rodgers enough to the point where Tom Brady will be able to get enough points on that Packers' D. I think it'll be a really good game, and I think the biggest the biggest thing the Packers have to do is keep Tom Brady off the field. If they are able to officially and slowly move the offense down the field, keep Tom Brady off the field, keep playoff Tom Brady off the Keeping playoff Tom Brady, yeah, man, it's the Brady in the playoffs is, is, is every team's goal while playing. We've seen him done it. Six, we've seen him do it six times. Like right. I don't think I, they're gonna win the ring. They're gonna win the ring against these Mahomes. But we have seen him do it six times. You really never know with Brady in the playoffs. Like right, I, I, I think, I, I think it's gonna be a really, really good game. But I think, I think the Packers' offense, as I stated before, they they tore up. Arguably the best defense in the NFL in the Rams, right? They yeah. they dominated them. Uh, Bucks defense is yeah, good, but that but was that was the Rams defense with their biggest weapon on defense not playing at full strength. Still, I think still ripped them up. I think it'll be a really close game, but I think the Packers will be able to move the ball efficiently enough, and are will be able to beat the Bucks. Yeah, I mean we'll see. Um... I don't know, man. Then I'll say Chiefs, um, 
Chiefs, Bills, obviously they're obviously the biggest storyline about this game. Mahomes has a concussion. I think if I think if Mahomes plays, no one's beating Mahomes. Even Brady, well, in the playoffs, I don't think is beating Mahomes. But I think if Mahomes doesn't play and it goes to Chad Henney, then I think the Bills would win. But if I, if Mahomes I, plays, I honestly think even if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs still move on. Chad, that's that's my bold take of the weekend. Chad had, I'm I'm going all in. Everyone's everyone's Anything is possible. I'm going all in every, on Chad. Everyone's Henney. going on the I'm, Chad Henney hype train. People Chad are forgetting that the Browns started coming back, and Chad Henney had one cool 15 yard run that brought them to the AFC Championship game. But besides that, the Browns were coming back after Mahomes got. No, him. but I, I, I seriously, I think Andy Andy Reid's play calling and the weapons Chad Henney has around him, if they are they. It's it's all about the Chiefs defense for me. If they if they can stop they lost if, if they if they can stop the Bills offense, which I, I think they will. I'm calling it now. I love I like the Chiefs defense. I think they're an underrated group. I th- and I think Andy Reid's play calling will Chad Henning will play okay and he has the weapons around him to succeed. I mean Gabe, I mean the Chiefs' defense is fine. It's not that great. And with Chad, the when the last time Chad Henney started a game in Week 17, they got beat by the Chargers. So right. how, no, how are they going to lose no, to the Chargers and beat? They weren't. Them? They weren't not only not playing Patrick Mahomes. They were not playing everyone, every other else of their star. They weren't playing any other star players. They are playing their star players. They're playing Tyreek Hill. They're playing Travis Kelsey. They're playing all their weapons. So I, I think Chad Henney under Andy Reid's play calling and the weapons he has around him will win this football game. If he, I still if he don't play. think I still don't think they beat Josh Allen. Josh Allen's having an amazing year, and I don't know, man. That is that's my bold take for the weekend is All right. Chad Henney. So moving on to our next segment. Um, we are going to do – no, we thought about doing this at the end of the year, but we realized that this is a regular season or, or award and the playoffs aren't supposed to be taken into account. So we're going to do our award predictions. Yeah. And so I'm going to start off with defensive rookie of the year. Um, I have pretty undoubtedly Chase Young. I mean, 7.5 sacks, 10 tackles for loss. He's an amazing player. He's already a top edge rusher in the league, and I think he's pretty undoubtedly the guy. And then I have my honorable mentions, Antoine Winfield, who, for honestly, for the first half of the year, I think Antoine Winfield was the defensive rookie of the year. But then Chase Young just started playing insanely. And then number three, I have Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin, great player, kind of hybrid safety linebacker, and yeah, he's a good player. I I, I think everyone has Chase Young as a defensive rookie of the year, including me. I think if you don't, you're just delusional. Honestly, he's clearly the best defensive rookie in this class. I thought I think he was the best player coming into the draft this year. Right. I think I think he'll have a great and excellent NFL career. We have the same honorable mentions, but I have Jeremy Chin ranked higher than Antoine Winfield. I think Antoine Winfield, his biggest problem is his ability to play in coverage. 
I mean, a highest passer rating while targeted by any safety in the NFL this year. I think that just can't be annoyed. As you said, Jeremy Chin, hybrid safety linebacker, really exciting player to watch. Obviously had, had that game with two defensive touchdowns on back-to-back plays. He was just super exciting to watch, and I think yeah, he's but, my I second mean, pick for defense. Well, Winfield may be a little bit inconsistent in coverage. I think he's still fine in coverage, and he's such a good run defender, an exciting player. And yeah. just so they're an offensive rookie of the year. I think, I think it will be Justin Herbert just because of the quarterback bias. But I think it undoubtedly should be Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson had fourteen hundred yards this year. He was top five in receiving yards for all receivers. I mean, how do you not win offensive rookie of the year when you're top five for in yards for all receivers? Right. I, I think I think I agree. I mean, I think Justin Herbert will. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, win this award. I like Justin Herbert, but the quarterback bias in so many awards is just too big. But Justin Jefferson, 88 receptions, uh, 1,400 yards on the dot. That's 15.9 per reception, which is incredible. Seven touchdowns in, in 14 started games. I mean, 80, 87 yards per game. Yeah. Just... He only had one turnover all year, 70% cash percentage. As a rookie, those are incredible numbers for anyone, especially as a rookie. Just, I mean, Pro Bowl selection, whether he deserved it or not, Pro Bowl selection. Broke a ton of Randy Moss rookie records for the Vikings this year, I think. There's no doubt yeah. he deserves offense. I mean, Jefferson's yeah. such a good player, and Herbert's also a good player, but I just don't think you can beat those numbers. I mean, yeah, Herbert had a 66% completion percentage, like, and that was one of his best stats, okay? I mean, obviously his yards were, but I don't think yards matter that much. I mean, they, it's right. not that they don't matter at all, but, like, it doesn't matter nearly as much as completion percentage or QB rating. Right. I I agree with that. I there's this is not to knock Justin Herbert. He's an excellent NFL player and I think he will be great. But he just I he just doesn't honestly just doesn't deserve And Justin Herbert is a little bit inconsistent. Right. He right. We saw times where he would he looked like the best quarterback in the NFL. He looked like a top five quarterback. He looked excellent. He looked all the all these things flying around and there were times where he just didn't look good. Right? Yeah. Like I yeah. right like that. That's all I have to say. Right. I w- I want to look back to week eight. Verse verse verse. Denver right. versus Denver. They lost to a really bad Denver Broncos team this year. He struggled versus he he two hundred seventy eight yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, only an eighty nine QB rating in that game. Right. He that that. He just didn't look good at it. He just didn't look good, right? But there's also games where we look at, I don't know, you can look You can look up week 17 even. It doesn't matter if not Chiefs are not playing most of the starters. 302 yards, three touchdowns, 134.1 QB rating. Played great. Played excellent, right? He's just too inconsistent. And just didn't put up the same numbers Justin Jefferson did. Yeah. Um. So then, obviously, at number two, I have Herbert. And then number three, I, I felt like I kind of had to put James Robinson here. But I don't think James Robinson is the best rookie running back. 
I think the best right. rookie running back is J.K. Dobbins. I mean, call me biased. J.K. Um, James Robinson had 100 more rushes than J.K. Dobbins and only 200 more yards. James Robinson averaged 4.5 yards per carry, and J.K. Dobbins averaged 6 yards per carry, which is crazy good. Right. And and I think you have to give it to Robinson just because he was the starter for the whole year and stuff, while Dobbins just kind of came up a little bit later just because he was being woven into the system. But I think next year, undoubtedly, Dobbins will have better stats than Robinson. But I think you do have to put Robinson I, I agree. I also have James Robinson. I think his numbers are just too good to ignore, right? He put up excellent statistics in his first season. But I, I, I think it's really close for me between the best running back in this class, whether it's J.K. Dobbins or for me, I think Jonathan Taylor deserves a shout in that conversation. I think he he had some great games near the end of the year. He was a bit he he had, he had a bad middle of the season, had a good middle of beginning of the season and a great ending to the season. But I think you have to give it to James Robinson simply because he started the entire season and put up the best numbers. Yeah, honestly, I think Taylor's even probably better than Robinson, but I think you had to give it to Robinson. And even this is only for the finalist spot for number three. But I'm going to go next. I'm going to go with comeback player of the year. I mean, this should not be a question. No, I don't like – we do not have to talk about that. It's Alex Smith, and if it, if you don't think it's Alex Smith, you are delusional. The man nearly lost his life yeah, and, led, and led a team to the playoffs. Alex Doesn't Smith. matter that they went seven and nine. Yeah, just incredible. Alex Smith, I mean, Alex Smith in general this year was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but it doesn't matter. Alex Smith was told that he might die. He was then told that he that he might have to get his leg amputated, and then he was told he would never play football again, and then he goes and leads his team to the playoffs. And while the he, the, he didn't lead his team to the playoffs, their defense did. Um, it's, you, you, you're a starting quarterback when you almost died. You're going to win comeback player of the year award. Honestly, Gabe and I were talking about this on our own the other year. I think you could have a serious possibility of this being renamed the Alex Smith Award. Right. I like he, he could have played one single snap the entire season, and he still would have won comeback player of the yeah, year. Yeah, maybe. Honestly. I mean, they could rename this. There's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. They could rename this the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, number two, I guess I'll just – I didn't have a number yeah. three. I guess we'll throw out Ben Roethlisberger, who I hate right. just because he didn't play last year. And, I guess. You know, I guess. One twelve and 4 but, like, it's Alex Smith. Yeah, there's no doubt it's Alex Smith. Um, so, for Coach of the Year, I have um, – me choosing this may have just been a little bit biased because I wanted beginning of the year Rafi to be right. But in the beginning of the year, I predicted that this person would win Coach of the Year. And I'm saying it now, and that's Sean McDermott. Led this Bills team to 13-3. and Josh Allen, last couple of years, wasn't very good. I mean, he wasn't bad last year, but, like, his accuracy was terrible. And, I mean, this year, obviously, Josh Allen could be an MVP finalist. You know, Josh Allen, Josh Allen last year – had a completion percentage of 58.8, which is very bad. And then it went all the way up to 69.2. And obviously that was, he was coached by Sean McDermott. Um, And I'm not sure there is in football, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But, oh no, there is, right? A most improved, is there? There is not a most I mean, yeah, um, there isn't. But if there was, that undoubtedly be Josh Allen. Um, but, I mean, and it was coached by Sean McDermott. I mean, I, uh, they went 13-3. and three. Right. I my my coach for coach of the year is Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. I think him him coming in as a first year head coach, and last last year with the in 2019 with the Vikings being his first year of NFL head coach experience coaching experience at all being the offensive coordinator like major coaching experience. He he came in he transformed Baker Mayfield. Right, ba- Baker Mayfield went from a rookie season of hope for Browns fans to a season last year, which looked like he might he might not be he might not be the guy, to a third season where he led the team to the playoffs, good defense, but transformed Baker Mayfield in this bootleg play action offense. I, I mean, they, the Browns don't have a great defense; it's so inconsistent. Right. No, but when when they're when they're hot, they're good. They force a lot of turnovers. But just he transformed Baker Mayfield into the quarterback he is right now. I think you make the same exact argument for Sean McDermott. I think the gate I gave the edge to Stefanski simply because he was a first year head coach. At the end, at the end, I gave to McDermott just because ten and six versus thirteen and three. But um, um, honestly, I I think about this. Stefanski might be my number two, but it might also be Brian Flores just because he went I, – I, they might have won four games last year. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. But last year I know they had the fifth pick in the draft, and they go this year. And, I mean, in any year they make the playoffs. You don't, In general, you don't go 10-6 and six and miss the playoffs, but he brings his team to go 10-6 and six from being the fifth pick in the draft last year. I think that's pretty darn good. Right. I think it's he, – he – I have Sean McDermott second, again, simply same exact reason. I have Kevin Stefanski just with Josh Allen. But I think you can also give some of the credit to trans from to Josh to the Josh Allen transformation is Brian Dabble, but their offensive coordinator. But you have, got to give the credit to, to Sean McDermott a little bit there. So my, my number three is Brian Flores also. He... I think he should have won Coach of the Year last year. Honestly, he brought a nah, he brought a nameless. I couldn't. I probably couldn't name a single player on the Dolphins' defense last year. Taco Charlton, only because of his name. But he 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 was the sole reason they didn't go 0 16 this year. Coaching is the most important thing in football. I'll say that here first. The Jets. They have a few decent players on defense. Few decent players on offense. Right. And they went. They looked like they were going to go zero and sixteen this year, simply because of Adam Gase. I'll say that here first. the The only reason the Jets were that bad this year is was was because of Adam Gase. Brian Flores still would have been bad. I mean, no, they still would have been bad, but they, they would not have been. You put Brian Flores on that team, maybe they win three more games, but like they're still not good. Right, but he he just. Trans teach transform. Yeah, I mean, last year the thing is going into the year, and even for the first couple weeks, it was undoubtedly that the Dolphins were the worst team in football. Um, and I mean, like, like I don't know if you guys watch it. This YouTuber named RBT, um, every year, you know, he'll do some videos like 
a te- can a team of Lamar Jacksons beat the worst team in the NFL? And that team was the Dolphins last year. Like, um, and they were terrible, but he did end up, I mean, even, even getting four wins with that team was an accomplishment. Right. I, I still don't think it should have been him over Harbaugh because Harbaugh did. I mean, right. No, obviously, obviously, you probably shouldn't have been coached yet. That was a bit of an exaggeration, but you see what he, Brian Flores, will be an excellent, excellent, excellent yeah. head coach going forward in the future. There's no doubt about that. He'll be one of the best defensive minded coaches in the NFL. Yeah. So move on here to. The, the we're getting into the big awards here. We're getting into the big three. Let's move on here. The defensive player of the year. Yeah. So who's your number one, Rafi? Um, my number one is Xavier Howard, cornerback for the Dolphins. I mean, he had ten picks this year. That that's insane. That's blasphemy. He had ten picks in one season. I just think you can't beat that. Xavier Howard is so good. I think after Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard's the second best quarterback in the NFL, cornerback in the NFL. And I mean, 10 picks can't really beat that. I think uh, it's so close. There are three people that could have won it for me. It's all between Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, and Xavier Howard for me. I ended up going with, with TJ Watt on this pick. I think he. He was the leader of an excellent Steelers defense this season. He had 15 sacks this season, led the NFL, two forced fumbles, seven pass deflections as an outside linebacker, an interception, started 15 games. I, I So close, so close. A lot of excellent defensive plays this year, but I ended up giving the edge to TJ Watt. I mean, I think undoubtedly for me, it's just like, 10 picks is much more impressive than 15 sacks. I mean, 15 sacks is great, don't get me wrong, but, like, 10 picks is just, like, unheard of. Um, and I, I think Xavier Howard deserved that one. And I, I had T.J. Watt as my number two. because uh, TJ I had Xavier Howard as my number two. T.J. So. Watt had a great year, 15 sacks. I mean, that's amazing. 23 tackles for losses, like, that's insane. But – I just don't think it's as good as him. And then number three, I had Aaron Donald. Obviously, great year. Right. Um, He's consistently the best non-quarterback in the NFL. And there's no question. There's there's no doubt in my mind that he is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess moving forward, offensive player of the year, um, Derrick Henry. I don't think this this one's much. I don't think this is much of an opinion, even though I mean. He, even though the best defense in the NFL, the Ravens, held him to 2.2 yards per carry. Just kidding. Playoffs. They're, Playoffs. they're, they're, not, they're the not the best defense. I know. Players. I know. I'm joking. But they did stop him well. But yes. this is just regular season. Obviously, 2,027 2, yards. Math isn't my strong suit. Um, but, um, you know, hilarious video of OJ Simpson welcoming him to the 2,000-yard club. But um, – Obviously, Derrick Henry, I mean, you can't get 2,000 right. 2, yards and not win Offensive Player of the Year. Right. He – that he more than 2,000 rush guys for the first player since Adrian Peterson. 17 touchdowns. He has more than a touchdown a game. 126 yards per game. That is just insane. It, I, there's just nothing that can describe it. I mean – 378 carries, 
2,027 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt with over 2,000 rushing yeah, yards he had is 100, insane. He had 126 um, yards per game. Right. That's just unstoppable. Yeah, uh, if you uh, – there's no words to explain. He was just so good this yeah. year. Um, And then I have my number two as Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams – Amazing year. Like, obviously, if uh, Devontae Adams, I mean, I think he was the best receiver in the NFL this year. Um, he didn't lead them in yards. He, um, he had 1,374 yards. I, honestly, I think you could make a case that Stephon Diggs was better than him this year. But I had um, him. I had him next. Um, I had him over Stephon Diggs. 1,374 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um and then 11.9 yards for reception. Obviously, those are just some great numbers. Yeah. For me, I, I, it was a tough decision for two between Devontae Adams and the guy I ended up choosing, the man who carried my fantasy football team all season, Travis Kelsey. Um, Gabe, I forget, though. Um, did you make the championship? Or... I, did, I, did, I did not make the oh, championship. Um, I forget who did make the championship. I, um, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm blanking I, here. I don't want to talk about that. But 1,400 receiving yards, incredible. 105 receptions as a tight end. Keep in mind, these are not wide receiver numbers. These are tight end numbers. 13 and a half yards per reception, 11 touchdowns. He's unguardable. He, there's nearly no player in the NFL that so, can guard. Nearly 100 yards per game as a tight end in the NFL. I was thinking about putting Travis Kelsey at number three just because he had those stats at tight end. But I still think I just had to default to the fact of the person that had better stats, the person that probably had better stats than Devontae Adams. And, well, maybe not, but more yards. And that's Stephon Diggs. I had Stephon Diggs as my number three. 1,535 yards, 12.1 yards per reception, 18 ETH, which isn't great, but it's still very, very good. 95 yards per game. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat those numbers. And, yes, well, Travis Kelsey put his numbers at a tight as a tight end in the passing game. He's still basically a receiver, so like I still don't think I could put him over Travis Kelsey. I I, ha- I have Devontae Adams here at three over over Stephon Diggs simply because of the fact is Devontae Adams missed games. Yeah. That's that's pretty and, much the only reason I have Devontae Adams at three. Yeah, and also right, he had like, more TDs. Right, eighteen touchdowns in fourteen games. That is that's yeah. insane. Thirteen hundred receiving yards, one hundred fifteen receptions, ninety eight per game, which led the NFL. Just incredible. Yeah, he's a great player. I just um I think he's number two, and I think Stephon Diggs is number three. Now, obviously, this next award, the cream of the crop. The 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 bell of the ball, the MVP award, and I have the MVP going to Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, um, seventy completion percentage, one twenty one point five um QB rating. Kind of hard to beat those numbers. Yes, you could even make an argument for a non quarterback just because of the QB bias, but I still don't think, um. I still don't think he deserves to be there. 
I, I agree. I mean, in his 16th season in the NFL, puts up a 13-3 and record, 70% completion percentage, which is incredible, led the league, 48 passing touchdowns, 9.1 touchdown percentage. That's insane. That is incredible. Uh, only a 1% interception percentage. He's led the league in three straight years in that stat, by the way. He is just so, so, so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he was pretty undoubtedly the best player in the NFL this year. I mean, even the 4,299 4, yards, yeah, I don't think yards matter as much as completion percentage of rating, but that's still impressive. 48 touchdowns, 70.7 completion percentage, and then a QB rating of 121.5. Um, I mean, those numbers are kind of hard to beat. Um, so then for number two, I have who I don't think he had the best year, but I think he's the best player in the NFL, and there's no question about it, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously another amazing year from him. 66.3 completion percentage, 4,740 yards, 108.2 QB rating, um, and I mean, yeah, I think that's just um, that's just some great stats. I mean, even 316 yards per game, um, um, yards per attempt, 8.1. Like, these are just amazing. Yeah, he's the best player in the NFL, in my in my mind, and I think in most people's minds. Um, but 14-1 as a starter, 4,740 yards, 38 touchdowns, just just insane, insane numbers. Yeah. I think he, he has – the edge over my number three, who is Josh Owa Allen. Uh, 13-3 this year, led his team to the playoffs, right? 69% completion percentage, 4,500 yards, 10 interceptions, which was his main, main fault. His accuracy was a lot better than it was, but it, it was – Still not elite, I would call it, but 37 passing touchdowns, which is incredible. 7.9 yards per attempt, incredible. He he improved so much from last year that it's he's he's just insane to yeah, just look I at mean, a side I by guess. side comparison. If there's a most improved player award, it's him. Now, right. honestly, this may sound crazy. If I were making a top five, I think Josh Allen would be five. I agree. I think that my top five would consist of no Maho- Josh, Josh Allen would be number five on my yes, top five. Yes, I agree. Not not quarterbacks for MVP. Five. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. Slow down. Slow down here. Okay, a okay. What? So I would have Deshaun Watson over him, and Deshaun Watson would be my number four. I'm not gonna argue the Deshaun Watson versus Josh Allen one. I think he had a better year, but I'm not gonna argue that one just because. Um, because um, he he's not my number three. Um, my you, number three. You cannot win MVP. My my with four three, wins. Gabe, you cannot. Yeah. Okay, my number three is not a quarterback. I know there's quarterback bias. I still don't think you can put Derrick Henry out of this, even though he's not a quarterback. I mean, 
first person to rush for two thousand yards since Adrian Peterson. Um, like I mean, we already said we already said these stats before. Um, um, two thousand two hundred twenty-seven yards, five point four yards per attempt, one hundred twenty-six point seven yards per game. I think that just beats a sixty-nine percent completion percentage. 4,544 yards and then a QB rating of 107.2 and those stats are amazing I just don't think they're as good as Derrick Henry and um I just think Derrick Henry has to be on that list for rushing up for over 2,000 yards I hate to say the MVP's a quarterback's award whether whether you think it should be or not that's how it is that's 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 the deal here I, I See, Derrick Henry, I know that that's what it is, and I don't think it should be like that, and I think that I'm saying Derrick Henry had a better year than Josh Allen, and that's why he should be in the MVP race. Uh, I, I think it's really close. I still I give the edge to Josh Allen. Um, so moving on to our next segment, this will probably be a shorter segment, but just to go in, the combine, the NFL saying the NFL combine wasn't technically canceled, the combine was pretty much canceled due to COVID-19. Right. I mean, everything's going to be done during the pro days, which we know the pro days are always set up to favor the person. Like, because the college sets up the pro days, like, for example, if set, if Clemson's setting up a Trevor Lawrence pro day, they're going to set it up to make sure Trevor Lawrence does good. Right. So they're they're going to play to his strengths. Yeah, it's not going to be as good. And then it's only it's even unclear whether – members of the teams, not players obviously, but members of the organization will be able to attend the pro days or if they'll just look at it online. And even even drills like the three cone drill and the forty yard dash might not take place or might not be released to the public. Like there's a very good chance that like Lamar Jack we know Lamar Jackson didn't run his forty at the combine because he didn't want people to think of him as a receiver and he knew he'd run in the four threes, which he would. But um um, odds are he probably did end up running it behind the cameras at the pro day. And like, we're not going to, we're probably not going to know as many of those stats, whether they release it this year or not, because it's all we're having, we'll see. But assuming that they don't, um, at least Gabe, your might, your numbers might've been different, but mine were, I did three players that this is bad for that there won't be a pro day and three players that it'll be good for. I have two and two in those same ones, so I'm going to start off with my first bad, which is Pitt safety Paris Ford. I think he he, he opted out in the middle of the season. He he was he's having a great year. A lot of his game is his coverage. It, no, that's he's cover. He's a great coverage player. He's kind of a hybrid. I he's he's such a good player. I there's I can say so much good about Paris Ford, but I think him him opting out and the biggest concerns about Paris Ford are his chaotic tendencies as a tackler. If he has the body structure to withstand the physical demands of a brand of football he attempts to play, that's the biggest controversy around him. But I, I've watched him play so much. I think he's a great athletic player, and I think that is what have pushed him higher up in the draft board. I think a lot of people have him right now as a later-round draft pick, and I think if he had participated in the combine, he would have been able to show off his incredible athleticism, and I think he, he, his draft stock would have risen a fair amount. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a legitimate argument. I think him not being able to go in the combine is problem is problematic for him. But my, I think, I think this is definitely the person that this is going to affect the most between both my good and bads. I think this is the person that it will affect the most because I think his draft stock would rise up so high for the combine, and that's just not going to happen. And that is Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore. I mean, Rondale Moore is pure speed. He is pure speed. He was going to run in the four threes, even low four threes. He's a run after catch king. And, like, he's just not going to get to show that off. I think the biggest thing with him is just not being able to do that 40-yard dash. And, I mean, and the three-cone drill. And he's just not going to be able to show off that pure speed that would rise up his boards. And I think that's going to be problematic for him. Right. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name my second bat here. It's an interesting one. But it is Jamie Newman, quarterback here. He's a good athlete with with good mobility. He he in and out of the pocket, right? I think he's on the edge of being drafted in the in the decently deep quarterback class this year. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's he would be ever be going any higher than like the fourth round. No. But um he he's a big threat to get first down with his legs. If the play does break down, he's demonstrates incredible physical toughness and determination as a runner with the football and the passing game. He's sufficient, right? He'll hang, he'll hang tough in the pocket when it collapses. He has sufficient arm strength and he, he, he's much more consistent in the short game, in the short to intermediate range in terms of accuracy and completions. And I think he, he demonstrates leadership and I'm, I'm going to mention this, this game that you're not going to like here, but he earned a lot of critical first downs with the game on the line last year with Wake Forest in 2019 versus Duke. Yeah, although Duke's defense played. I mean, honestly, though, last year, Jamie Newman, Jamie Newman's arm was not what won them that game. His legs and their running back did. I mean, for the past couple of years, Duke has had a terrible run defense. Like No, right. But my point is he's a super athletic quarterback, and I think he would have driven, risen potentially to a guaranteed guaranteed draftee if he had done well in the combine. I think that's legitimate. Um, my next person is also a quarterback. I definitely think it's a person that um I don't know, but is going to go a lot higher than Jamie Newman, and that is Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. I don't think it's very good that he is going it. Obviously, besides the Clemson game, Justin Fields' stock has fallen a lot this year I mean going into this year it was no doubt that he was the second best quarterback in this draft now in my opinion he's not the second best quarterback in this draft I think Zach Wilson's better than him but um and I think he would run a very good 40 because I think I think his arm talent is very questionable even his decision making and his arm strength and his accuracy and I think he would run a 40 within like the four fives and right. even which is, four fours, which is incredible for a quarterback. And he won't get to show off that speed that would rise on those draft boards. Yeah, I, I think I, just, Justin Field, in the beginning of the season, he was the clear number two overall to, to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Right? And I mean, that was questions if, if he'll even end up going in the top five. I mean, like, he's. I still think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. I, don't, I think, I I think, think it's the slight edge to Zach Wilson, 
but now there's questions that even he'll, he'll fall out of the top five, which is. I mean, I think in general, it's just Zach Wilson. I think Justin Fields has more potential than Zach Wilson because we saw Justin Fields in his best games like versus Clemson, and if he could do that more consistently, he would be better. I just think Zach Wilson's a much better thrower. He has more arm talent. Zach Wilson can push the ball down the field. He has, He's very accurate. He Zach Wilson tends to underthrow people, but besides that, he can push the ball down the field. Um, um um, and then, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's interesting about – I love Trevor, Trevor uh, Justin Fields and how he plays. Um, so I'm going to move on to, to my good here. Well, um, here, I have one more. If I can just run through this really quick. Um, there were only two that I really thought would be like hurt them a lot. This one I still think could be a top 10 pick, but I'm just saying Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, someone that could also run in the four threes and will not take that now, just really quickly. But um, yeah. yeah, you could go with your good. All right, my, my good is. Florida quarterback Kyle Trask. That's my good as well. All right, so Kyle, Kyle Trask. I think he 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 works really well in the pocket, but he's just not that mobile at all. He doesn't work well under pressure. And I think if he had to go to the combine and run the forty and do these athletics, athletic, purely athleticism based drills, he wouldn't do very good, and he would hurt his draft yeah. stock. I mean, we see Kyle Trask; he's great in the pocket when he has protection, but when he gets under pressure, he panics because he knows that he's not very mobile and he doesn't know what to. But he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know whether he should take the sack or force the ball downfield or force it into tight coverage, and these. He would not do well in these PR athletic drills, and I think it's definitely helping him not doing that. Yeah. All right. So we are going to wrap up the episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Hope you tune in next time. Check out our Instagram at All Star Sports Podcast, and peace out. Yeah. See ya.